Hey, what if your church could use an open source CMS developed by believers which really focused on relationships for your church and had some great support? Well, today we're going to talk with the founder of Rock RMS next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Hey folks, it's another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. I like to throw Steve a curve every once in a while and just 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 say nothing and let him panic a little bit. But uh, uh, welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Episode, I don't know, I think it's 312 or 313. Dude, you were doing such a good job of announcing the episodes. And that only lasted like three episodes, huh? Yeah, I, I think know. it's 313, I, actually. Is it 313? Oh, well, thanks. I think the last, <laughs> last time was 312. All right. Well, good. Well, we'll go. Now that we've clarified that, uh, which uh, falls under the category, nobody cares. Um, Steve, you doing okay today? Doing great. All right. Good deal. Well, we're doing fine here now that the weather's cooler in Tucson and uh, we're very happy people here. And uh, speaking of Tucson, our next guest here has actually uh, spent some time in Tucson. Uh, were you a native of Tucson? Were you actually born here, John? Yes, I was born in Tucson. Okay. All right, good. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Our our guest is John uh, Edmiston, and uh, John uh, is the executive director of Spark Development. Uh, he's also the founding partner and uh, of the consulting firm called uh, Triumph Tech, and he's one of the core and original develop, the developers of Rock RMS, and we're going to talk about Rock RMS today because um, I think as, as those of you who listen to this podcast or watch this podcast, I think it'll be very interesting to you. Uh, he's one of the uh, core developers, as I said. He's the lead technical architect of Rock Community, and he's uh, the founding vision caster of the Rock Project. And uh, he, uh, as his bio says here, he approaches life with curiosity and a determination to deliver excellence. We like that. And he loves uh, connecting people with technology, which is one of our passions as well here. So, John, thanks for being with us today. Did I pronounce your name right? Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that I didn't screw that up this time. But give me some time. I'll uh, I'll mess it up. <laughs> so let, let's start off with how did Rock RMS get started? Give us the kind of the genesis and motivation for it, and time frame that sort of thing. Yeah, and, definitely. And then we'll get into what it is. <laughs> right. So I started out my career in the secular space. So I worked in at, at Honeywell, American Express. And uh, through a, a God story, I, I ended up working at a church. And uh, only he could have weaved that story together is quite a, a cool story. And I literally thought, hey, I'll, I'll go to work for the church. I'll do some of their IT stuff. I'll probably be bored in six months. They'll probably be bored of me in six months, and we'll just figure out something. And it actually turned into be a wild ride. Um, I never knew the, the technology needs of the church. I never understood the leadership uh, potential and the leadership training that you can get working for a church. And it was at my uh, time at Christ Church of Valley up here in, in Phoenix, uh, Arizona, 
that uh, working with the senior pastor, he had some really unique challenges in terms of how do you put groups together and how do you get people to join groups that are um, not affinity based, but more geographical based. And so we started working on some technology just to solve that one niche problem. And uh, we kind of told ourselves, well, we don't want to make a church management system. That'd be crazy. Um, But within a couple of years, we had one. And um, at that point, this was probably, you know, the early 2000s. And um, we'd said, hey, let's try to open source this. And uh, open source was very new back then. And, um, you know, as as a church leadership team, we decided it's probably we're not really ready for that. We don't really want to get in the business of supporting software. So we sold that system to a commercial entity and it was fairly popular amongst big churches. Um, but the innovation just kind of went off, you know, the side when, when, when we stopped materially participating in that project and that made us feel, you know, like, Hey, we could do better. So we decided to start over from scratch and we created a, a completely open source, um, uh, system on the second time around uh, called Rock RMS, and uh, from day one we've tried to do it. We've tried to create it in a sense of community, not doing it as just one church. And um, so we started that probably in about 2011, and it was about 2016 that it became a full time you know thing for uh, a couple of us who started it. Hey, hey John, so, real quick, uh, I'll cut Steve off here. So you you you're from Tucson. You're you're up in Phoenix now. Is that where you're based? Correct. And, yeah. And, and uh, when you were here in Tucson, did you go to any churches here in Tucson? Were you a member or part of something? Uh, that's another part of my journey. I, I grew up um, uh, Catholic, but Catholic in name, um, not right. Catholic in really practicing. I, I went to Catholic school for um, 13 years. So I always joke that I had South all the, yeah. yeah, South Point, um, St. Peter and Paul. Um, I had all the, the opportunities to be a Christian but I just, for some reason, it wasn't in my heart and it wasn't until later in life that I actually became a Christian. And, um, and um, because I just, I was just simply there learning, you know, I wasn't yeah. there. My heart wasn't in it. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Go carry on, Steve. <laughs> so I'm just interested in, so you went on staff or you, for this church and developed mm-hmm. the original version, if I'm understanding correctly, you guys sold that to another company and then rebuilt this whole thing again was that, are you still, were you a part of the church then? Or are you still part of the church? What's the. What's yeah. In, 20, the, in 2016, uh, the project kind of got legs and, and, you know, there's several hundred churches using it. And it's, it's at that time that we decided, Hey, we either need to make this thing actually, you know, a, a thing, or we need to focus on, you know, being on staff at, at a single church. And, and that was a decision that was a, a really tough decision, but we felt like this had, this thing, was, already supporting a number of ministries. And we really feel like we, our heart was, and, and God's calling was on, on that to just fully support uh, that endeavor. Okay. So then you, you left the church and, and it's this endeavors kind of paying the bills for you and a, 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 some people, a small staff, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and okay. one of the things when we first started the, the, the second initiative is we, in talking with the senior pastor, like, Hey, we really want this to be something that lots of churches can, can participate in. We really felt like it should probably, the intellectual property should be, you know, quote owned by a different nonprofit, like a separate nonprofit. And he totally agreed to, I mean, there's some liability reasons why that would make sense to for a church. And so from day one, we had this vision that was like a shared vision with the church that it should be a, a separate nonprofit that 
basically manages and 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 shepherds the the intellectual property that is rock. Okay. Do do most of the staff are they made up of people around your geographic area, or do you have reps from other churches or former you know staff members from churches? What, what's the what's the kind of the makeup of the the company right now? Yeah, uh, the makeup is we're um, probably about 60 to 70% on site in Phoenix, and then about 30% remote. Um, there are some people who've come and joined us from church staffs, but for the most part, we've tried to um, pull others from you know secular spaces who have a kingdom mindset and want to work on kingdom projects. Um, so in general, we try not to... Um, you know, a hire from directly from, from churches. If, if someone feels like that's God's calling and that's what they really want to do, you know, we'll entertain that, but we try to be very cautious with that. We try to hire when, when possible from, you know, the outside. Okay. So let's, um, for those, you know, a lot of our listeners, our listeners are made up of, you know, uh, AV tech and pastors and leaders within churches and we've thrown around this open source and there, I'm sure a lot of people are scratching their head. How, how do you describe open source and, and, and the model for rock RMS? What is, what does open source mean? Yeah, that's a great question. It means a, a, something different to a lot of different um, projects. Um, to us, it means that we publish all of the source code that we write daily out to a public repository on the internet. So every day, all of our developers check in their code it's open, freely available for anybody to use. Um, that said, the size and scope of the project requires, you know, funding. Um, so we are based off purely on uh, optional donations, and so we have a, you know, like a, a recommended donation size for a church. But one of our core values is accessibility, and that's one of the reasons why we set our model this way is that we believe that every church deserves. Uh, access to the best technologies. Um, That's one of the things that we didn't like about the first go around was that, Hey, we had this great tool that we poured our hearts into, but um, it, it was the case that a lot of smaller ministries simply couldn't afford it. And we didn't feel like that was right. And so when we set up our own model, we decided that, uh, you know, accessibility would be one of our top core values. And so um, if you can't afford, you know, to do the donation, it's our, you know, honor to you know provide it to you. Um, we have a grant process too, because we have some, some things called like early access programs that you can get access to the latest um, features um, through kind of like a premiere, like a, a installation and upgrade process. Um, but if you can't afford it, then we, we provide grants um, to do that. And anybody can download our source zone and compile it. I mean, it's, it's freely available. Right. So let me just pick on this a little bit some more. Mm-hmm. So from one aspect, I mean, it, this is online software. This is not software that people are going to install and download and install on their computer, right? This is browser-based church management system. So if I'm a if I'm the average church where I don't have a developer on staff or, you know, I've just I'm just I have, you know, some some technical people, but they're not software developers. The, the model is I can go and create an account at the Rock RMS website and start, you know, sign my church up for this thing, right? And then the other part of it is, hey, I, I, I am a developer or I do have a, a staff of developers on my church and we want to build something, you know, we want to take this thing further or we want to build a fork 
that does something special that we need. Um, so what I understand is you've got like a GitHub repository where all the source code lives or something like that. Yeah. And if I'm a developer, I can say, oh, let's go pull this code onto my machine and I'm going to build this um, uh, special thing for uh, children uh, that you know are from Southern Arizona or Northern Michigan and it needs a special kind of thing and I can go build something and then run it on my own cloud system is that kind of yeah you add yeah. To that? yeah definitely that's that's probably the one thing with rock there's just so many different options and different ways of doing it um so if you don't have a lot of technical people yeah you can uh install it either in your own cloud it has a nice installer that's that's fairly easy you don't have to be a programmer in fact most of the churches who use rock don't have a programmer on staff there's also a cloud hosted version of it that you can pay to use um obviously when it's when there's infrastructure involved, there's true costs and we can't, you know, give that, you know, away for free because we'd go out of business. Um, so if you want to pay to have it hosted for you, there's that option. Um, you can download, install it on servers within your church in the cloud. There's, there's just lots of different ways to host, to host it. The cool thing is though, um, and people always thought we were kind of crazy at first is they like, why don't you turn this into a SaaS model, like a software as a service and put it in the cloud. And, and we really felt like the church needs to own that data a hundred percent. Like we don't need to be in a multi-tenant where you can't, you know, data ownership is kind of, you know, murky. And also we wanted to give people the, the options um, to host it wherever they wanted. Okay. So I guess my, my thought process was a little, I guess I was slightly wrong about this. So there isn't a, what you call a multi-tenant version where, I've got this running on this server and I've got a hundred churches running off the same set of code in the same database. That's, is that, is that? Correct. Yeah. It's oh, not, you don't have that. It's more, it's all more independent than that. Yeah. Now, if you go to, if you want your own hosted version, you don't want to have to, you know, worry about any of the installation. There is a service, a, a rock cloud hosted version, but you get your own database, you get your own instance of, of rock. And um, it's, it's, great from a privacy perspective you know that there's never going to be you know any kind of shared access to that and mm -hmm. also it's so <clears throat> extensible that all of your customizations you can we can keep contained in, into a, a sandbox hmm. okay so um I'm, I'm forming this vision of how that i'm getting a better understanding of how this thing works so with a bunch of distributed servers running our rock rms uh, your core team develops a new feature and you've got to roll it out to not just your own cloud. You've got to roll it out to everybody, right? Or, yep. or you can let them say, no, I don't want the update or I do want kind of a, I guess those that are familiar with WordPress and how WordPress works, it sounds kind of similar to that. Very similar. Where, where that, you know, I have my own WordPress instance running on my server, but I get updates from uh, headquarters is that, is that kind of how it works? Yeah, we have a one-click update button. You just push the button, and when you're ready, you know, we don't push that on you. Like, uh, but if you see there's a security patch or you want the latest features, you just go to the update you know, screen within your instance, and you hit update, and a minute or two later, you're, you're all updated. Oh, okay. Wow. So uh, let me jump in here, because if I'm a pastor listening to this and don't have a lot of technical expertise. I'm, I'm hearing some interesting stuff so far in this podcast, but 
What makes rock so special? I mean, why should I consider even using it for my church? And, and I'm getting bits and pieces thinking, okay, I'm hearing church management. So I guess it's a church management system. But kind of clarify that a little bit. What is rock? And you know, what, what is, what's so special about it? What makes it so different? And I, again, I'm, I'm hearing open source, and that's all good stuff. Uh, I get that. But, but kind of elaborate a little bit on why rock is so special and why I should consider if I'm a senior pastor or executive pastor, uh, maybe jumping into this. Yeah. So, and it goes back to the name of the product and, and we're very intentional about that. Uh, it's, we didn't label it a, a, church, a, a church management system, CHMS. Um, we were very intentional about calling it something different. And so we came up with the term relationship management system because for us, yeah, we need to do all the other things that a church management system does, but our passion is about relationships and tracking relationships within um, the database and providing insights around that, um, that data. So I think that's what makes us unique is um, that relationship component, but also, especially now the digital ministry capabilities in terms of taking those relationships and building out church websites. So um, the power of Rock is not only is it a backend system for your church, but all that data is in the database. Let's 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 make that available through the front door of the church, which is really the church website. And so we're able to create very personalized and tailored um, experiences uh, for churches uh, on their um, by running their uh, their websites. Uh, we also have a, a mobile development environment, so you can provide that same personalized experience in a, in a mobile technology. And now we're working on that with um, you know set top devices like Apple TV. Um, so it's really about that personalization, and uh, we always say that within our feature set, there's a tension between administrative features and ministry features. In general, administrative features tend to have gravity, right? Because they're solving a need within the church. Like the staff goes, yeah, I have that need. I want to fix the pain point I have. And, and so that's like the natural flow of, of technology, but we fight and try to, to, to really focus on the ministry side, knowing that the administrative features will always be there. We'll always have those but we really are passionate about creating a rich personalized experience for people. Okay. So you had kind of mentioned early on that this was kind of the, the growth of or the initiation for this was getting people into small groups, right. Or, or, or fostering that, that relationship side of it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is that as I go to the church web, website, I'm going to have a more personalized view of it. Are there other examples or stories that you can um, tell from you know, other ministries that are using this system that, that align with this um, relationship aspect where, you know, where some, some relationship t- touchdowns that were accomplished because of it or anything like that? You any, anything that you can tell us about there? Yeah, I, I think there's two types of stories. There's the macro stories, which like, hey, I have this website and it's really doing well and, and I'm really liking it. And then there's the, the micro stories, which is a big, basically like one life changed, right? And and I love the micro stories because I think that's where you can get a sense of of um, accomplishment and just knowing that you never hear, you know, all the micro stories. In fact, you only hear a rare few. But you know, two two that come to mind is. Um, and I think this really shows that it's not just technology, right? You've got to have good technology, but you also have to have good process and you have to have a ministry heart. So for example, uh, New Spring has, was one of the first churches uh, actually using Rock. Um, 
And so they had a pastor who was called to do a funeral for a, a teenager. And uh, probably one of the, the worst things you can do, right, is a, is a funeral for a teenager. And, 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 and sadly, she had committed suicide. And uh, her parents were just broken up, obviously. But the thing that really impacted them is they didn't really know if she had given her heart to Jesus. And they were basically having to, to wait through this life to know uh, where her, the, their daughter had you know, gone. The, the, was she in heaven? They're going to have to wait the rest of their lives. And that was just wrecking them. And so this pastor goes back and, you know, has a meeting with the parents, hears this and goes back into um, rock and says, you know, let me, let me see what I can find out about this um, young lady. You know, she had been to youth group, but didn't really know what, what impact it had on her. And in looking inside a rock, she, he saw a note that a volunteer had had a discussion with her and had, and had shared Christ and she had accepted Christ. All that was tracked inside the system. Now, obviously, you know, you know, go rock, good system that it's easy to track that stuff, but go good process, right? And go good ministry, um, you know, heart for that, for that volunteer. So he was able to actually stand up at the funeral and hand the paper down to the parents and say, I want you to know, you don't have to worry about that. There's a lot of other things you need to, to worry about, but you don't need to worry about that. And um, I think that just shows that you have to have a good experience system that can get you that, but you also have to get good process. And that story continues because that pastor was a, an amazing pastor. He actually went back to the volunteer and said, Hey, I, ne- I need you to know that you had this impact on this young person's life. And that volunteer told him, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I've actually been struggling with, am I making an impact in life? Uh, and, and is my ministry really even having that any impact at all? And he was able to share with her because the system could tell us who did all this, um, the impact that she had. And so it's like stories like that, that kind of keep us going, um, and, uh, and make it, you know, worth doing everything, all the hard effort that goes into yeah. this. And I can see where the, the model that you deployed, where it's, individual and private for every ministry is allows you to do these sort of things, right? So that if I was in a centralized software as a service model, I might not be, then you start getting into, you know, the the relationships are going to require some information sharing that um, may be more difficult in a SaaS model than, than the model you've deployed here, right? Right. And there's, there's a lot of trust in this model because honestly, we don't have keys to the doors, right? Um, so uh, we, no one has to ever wonder like, well, what's, what's the software you know, vendor doing with my data? We have no access to the data. Um, and so that's good. As we built up Rock, we always thought, you know, that what's the biggest fear in the future? And the biggest fear was really ourselves, right? So our whole model is built around protecting the churches. The fact that, you know, what we do is owned by a, a nonprofit provides protection for churches because there's no way for us to sell this. You know, you can't really sell a nonprofit, right? We could, if we sold this intellectual property as a nonprofit, we just have to donate that money someplace else. You know, those of us who started this have no ownership in, in what we do, um, you know, legal ownership, right. Um, so that's protection and the open source part is protection too. Like it's out there, you know, any church can actually do whatever they want with it. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, the, the, what goes off in your head is when you say, well, it's open source, that means it's free. Right. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it is free to an extent and you, and go ahead and re-explain your kind of the, the model that, that keeps the finances going and keeping the product moving forward and that sort of thing. Yeah. So you're right. If you go out to our GitHub repo, you can download the code and use it for free as long as you're a religious nonprofit. Um, but that obviously wouldn't allow us to keep developing. So we have a, a you know, a, a compiled, easy to install version of Rock, and you know that again is free too. But we do ask that people who do use that um, donate at a certain level uh, based on the size of your church to help keep everything moving. What what we ask for in a donation is still far less than what most people pay for their software. Um, and if you if you do donate, you get ac- access to our early access program, which gives you features before others who don't donate do. Um, but that said, if there's a small church, they can get a grant and get an early access to without, you know, necessarily donating, but yeah, it it is a struggle when you talk about open source, because you need the ability to support this software. It's not easy Mm -hmm. software. It's not small amounts of code, but at the same time, we're trying to keep to our, our accessibility and, um, uh, core values. So this is the model that we, we know we've kind of came up with, I would say it's a, it's a hard model because we have to explain it to people, but I think it's the right model because I, in my mind, it, it kind of patterns after the first century church. Like back then, if, if people said, Hey, we have a need, I would hope someone wouldn't stand up and say, yes, I see your need. And for 1599, I can solve your need. <laughs> I'd hope they say, Hey, let's share what we have and, 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 and solve this need for everybody. And honestly, that's one of the things I love most is some churches will come to us and say, you know, Life Church just came to us and said, hey, we have some ideas for some giving features. Um, would you be interested in getting those into the product? And we're like, absolutely. And like, okay, well, you know, make sure that they get out to every church though. Like that's why they love working with Rock is when they invest into a feature, they know that every church can have that. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes they'll say, you know, here's the features that we need, but if you see something else that you think other churches are going to need, you know, let's add it to the scope of work and, and and let's make sure that we give something that not only we can use, but something that every church can use. Yeah. So um, I know it's quite a challenge sometimes because uh, the, the needs of a life church versus, you know, first Calvary down the street mm-hmm. are going to have, uh, you know, a hundred members or 50 members is going to be very different than a, than a life church. How do you balance the, you know, is this thing built for, uh, for the mega church or is it built for my tiny church of, of 50 where I don't need, I only have a staff of two people. I don't need staff management tools that would, you know, handle 40 staff members. How do you, how do you balance that yeah, into the product? That's a great question. Um, yeah, no product can be all things to all people. I mean, if anybody who tells you that, you know, they're probably not telling you the truth. Um, I would say rock is used by the largest churches like life church and new spring and the summit, lots of big churches. It's also used by a lot of smaller churches too. And I don't think it's necessarily a big or small. I think it's down to how much effort and how much innovation do you want to have in in technology? And that's not a judgment call. Like many people would say, well, that's a judgment call. You like, you know, just we, that if you don't use technology, you're seen as not being as good of a church. No, not at all. Like what has God uniquely called your church to be? And if you're willing to put effort into it, churches of all sizes are having great success. Um, But I think if you're God's called you to put effort into different things, 
then yeah, it's not, it's probably not the, the, the product, you know, right now for you, maybe over time we can simplify it. Uh, and there's other great products out there that solve those itches. Um, but if you want to like a personalized experience and if you want like a digital toolbox for your church, like a Lego kit, you know, it's, it's, it's great. Um, but you've got to have that, that desire. So support mm-hmm. how, you know, I'm a tiny church and my install had this big error in it and I can't get it to install and who do I call and, or, you know, support's got to be a big deal. And ha- how's that handled? Yeah, another great question. That's a, a very common one. A um, couple of things on that. So one of the things that we would say in, in, in from the very beginning is we didn't start a software development project. We started a community. And, and so we have a huge community. We, that's one of our biggest strategic um, initiatives is, is, the, is the building and feeding of this community. And so um, most people would say, well, you know, our, our take is, well, you can get a lot of great support from the community. And people kind of think, well, that sounds good, but I bet that's not the case. And they're blown away when they hop into like our chat, you know, service and people are chatting back and forth and, and they're really getting like amazing um, instantaneous, instantaneous service from our community. And kind of the way I, I kind of think of it is like right now, if you're paying for software, you're, you're paying to talk to someone who doesn't use the software in the way it was meant to be. Right. So you're, you're pretty much calling up um, like a mechanic and they're looking at the manuals and telling you how to fix your car, but they, but they've not driven the car the way it's supposed to be with the community. You're talking to master mechanics who are, who are, have worked through those same problems and are working in ministry in a trench. Um, that said, if, if, if you want something, you know, even more, there are paid, uh, you know, consulting companies like ours, and there's several others that you can go to and get paid support. If, if that, if you want to pay for support, there's plenty of organizations who will actually work with you to, to do that. And often that's needed with like an implementation to get your data moved over, you know, from your, former system to, to, to rock. Um, and there's uh, lots of choices within the community. I think that's one of the things that we're very proud of too, is that we're not trying to lock you in. Okay. Well, if you want to pay for support, here's the company you have to pay for, you know, there's five of them that you can go to and you might start with one, find out, man, uh, maybe we don't align and go to another one and, and you don't have to change products. That's awesome. Good deal. All right. We're running out of time here. Uh, good questions from Steve and good answers from John. Uh, John uh, Edmiston is our guest today, has been our guest on the Church Solutions podcast, and he's the guy behind Rock RMS. And I was going to ask you what the RMS stood for, but now I know Relationship Management System, right? Correct. Good. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. I like uh, I like the idea, the emphasis on relationships. So, so John, how can people get a hold of you for more information? Yeah. I mean, the best place to start is just at rockrms.com. That would tell you a little bit about the, the product and, and introduce you to the community. And I highly recommend that if you have any interest, jump into the community, jump into the chat channel just and just start asking questions. You might think that that's uh, slightly awkward, but that's how our community works. You just jump in, you start asking questions. And um, again, that's the thing I love the most. We could always rebuild the software, but it would be impossible to rebuild the community. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. All right. Well, that's awesome. We're out of time here. Uh, we sure appreciate your time. Uh, RockRMS.com. Is that correct? 
Correct. That's the website. Okay. I want to make sure we got that. So check that out. And uh, while you're at it, check out mychurchdaily.com. Don't want to overwhelm people with a bunch of websites, but uh, this uh, Church Solutions podcast is brought to you by our church daily, mychurchdaily.com. My brain has lots of things going around it, mychurchdaily.com. If you want to be on Alexa devices and be uh, on Amazon Echo devices and have a flash briefing, mychurchdaily.com is the place to go. It's not free, but uh, we do give you a 14-day free trial. And uh, full disclosure, that's us. We're one of the people. We are the people behind mychurchdaily.com. So uh, check that out if you can, as well as uh, Rock rms.com from our uh, guest today. All right. Uh, John, again, thank you for your time. It's great that you're right up the road from us. We're in Tucson. You're in Phoenix. Maybe someday we can go visit you. Yeah, that'd be great. You're always welcome down here. And uh, Steve, thank you for your input today. Yeah, great to be here. All right. Well, folks, thank you most of all for watching uh, or listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. You can you can subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcast. Look for Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, my name is Phil Thompson. Please take care of yourself and each other. We'll catch you again next time on another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. <laughs>